Spags, it's been, what, two weeks since we've gotten together to battle in the Best Ball Mania streets, but we are back with a vengeance today. I'm dying to be back frothing at the bit to go head-to-head with Pete in Best Ball Mania for $3 million to first place. A little bit of a harrowing moment before the stream, but we are both in the same draft room, Pete, so uh, thankfully we avoided one bullet here that could have ruined our Tuesday morning. Yeah, you know, I I had it happen once. I'm going to get things pulled up here. I had it happen once on the Swolecast where we did get in the same draft and I was like having a panic attack. I was like, you're putting the draft board on the screen or I am firing up my own stream and, dra- and, and making sure that I am not missing one of my bullets on stream. So yes, we did successfully get in the same draft and it will not shock anyone to know that I do not have an early slot. I am drafting from 112. You are from the 15. Somebody actually was doing the math on it. And I want to give the credit to a user, of course, uh, everybody commenting on all the streams because of Pete giving away $1,500 combined to three different people. So $500 each for everybody who's leaving the comments on all of Pete's Best Ball Mania 4 streams. And there was a guy, Pete, who's doing the math, pointing out uh, what your average was, what mine was. And I think mine was like six and change and yours is like high seven. So uh, people out there are starting to realize that perhaps your influence has diminished here in 2023. Yeah, and I actually, for my overall portfolio, um, I had done a portfolio review last week and had the actual uh, data on my pick slots. And I was at 7% uh, 101, so slightly below, but I did have an outsized portion of like 19s and 110s. So everyone's anecdotal feelings about my draft slots uh, are uh, accurate. Well, it's also kind of small sample size, too, if you're taking only the splash play shows out of the grouping of all of your other streams. But I am on the clock here. I am not going to be a hero. I'm going to take Tyreek Hill at this five spot. And uh, Tyreek, Pete, feels like starting to drop a little bit. I think on DraftKings, he's down to like a seven or eight ADP. So people afraid of him smacking a guy on a boat dock in the head. That's interesting that so you're saying because I I haven't drafted at all on DraftKings that there was like a noticeable drop in his ADP relative to underdog drop. I believe so. I, I would have to. I've honestly been doing the drafts on there the last few days just because I have to start doing DraftKings drafts. So I'm going to max it out. But I, he's definitely falling at least manually. And I'm pretty sure his ADP is at 6.7 or maybe a 7.6. I might be dyslexicing that a little bit. Uh, but I think a little bit of a drop there. And maybe it makes sense because of the half point PP or the full point PPR, I guess, maybe not being as valuable to Tyreek as it would be for Cup. Yeah, I guess I was only surprised that my thesis is that like underdog drafters are collectively more news hounds than DraftKings drafters and like are quicker to react to news movements. But maybe it's completely offset by the wide receiver thirst and wide receiver avalanche. And everyone's like, I'm sorry, I'm not taking Travis Kelsey or Austin Eckler like ahead of Tyree Kill. And so I'm just going to deal with it. Yeah, Eckler, I've seen go ahead of Tyreek, but you are on the clock here. Two picks in a row for Pete. What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm trying to... Um, see if there's anything, I don't feel like being a hero and boosting my Nick Chubb exposure at this draft slot. I will wait until I have a mid second round pick and see if he slides. I'm looking if I want to do anything creative or if I just want to do Garrett Wilson in a Mon raw. Um, I kind of do like doing that. I have, I guess I'm slightly, I'm just even on the field with Waddle, which is kind of interesting to me looking at my exposures here. Um, I am heavier on Adams. Um, so we'll, we'll just do the, uh, we'll play the ADP bro game and we'll double tap Garrett Wilson and Amon Ra here. Yeah, Garrett Wilson, no issue with going him anywhere. Uh, certainly Amon Ra, nice players come up a little bit throughout the course of this and CD lamb now safely going in the top 10 in this particular draft room going to go AZ card. So that'll be a good one. Um, what happened for you yesterday, by the way, where I, I see people saying you had a masterpiece. I I'm still catching up, digging in and everything. So I didn't get to watch best ball breakfast. I never know. Like, it's so funny too. uh, 
whether people are being sarcastic or not. Like legitimately, some people are like, oh, that is such a good team you drafted. And some people are like, that's the worst team you drafted. So I actually never know if people are being sarcastic or not. Um, they were pretty classically tough uh, piss boy rooms. But my second draft yesterday, Spags, I ended up going down this path of I'm going to do a bunch of things I have not done in a draft. So I got my first Mahomes Kelsey, had not done that. Got my first, uh, sorry, I was uh, just changing something here. Let me get the draft board back up. I got my first Calvin Ridley share. Um, I got like a Jamison William, uh, Jama Williams share that I hadn't been doing. So I got very funky in a draft outside of my comfort zone. So that's kind of been my, my theme of late, although not in this draft, Garrett Wilson and Amon Ra feels very familiar. You do one uh, best ball after dark with your with our pal Eagles, and all of a sudden you're t extolling the virtues of Nick Chubb at the turn, which uh, feels very on brand for for doing a show with Eagles. Did you did you have? I, I don't know why you would have heard what happened, but did you hear what happened in that draft room with Eagles? I did not know. So you know, like I'm when I do these streams with my guests when they're drafting with me, like I want to draft through their eyes. Like I can draft however I want when I'm I'm drafting here, but I like I want the Eagles experience. So I'm like fully prepared. All right, we're gonna get a Najee share. Like let's do it. Uh, Eagles time. We're gonna get a Nick Chubb share. Eagles loves Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb goes seven in this draft, and this wasn't like a bad bro room where people were like dicking around and being funny we got in like a pretty random room nick chubb goes seven and Najee goes at the two three turn and it's just like how does this happen the one time i get james on and i thought i was going to be taking these guys and there were people who wanted the eagles players even more than he did and eagles and i ended up drafting a team that we looked at the end and i was like is there anything you would have done much differently here and i said is there anything i would have done much differently and we ended up drafting like a team very much in the middle of our preferences so uh it actually worked out pretty fun yeah, the chubb steam i mean the chubb steam makes sense i know we've kind of talked about it in generalities we both have i've been very on the early on the jerome ford train but realistically, like Jerome Ford being where he is ADP-wise, Chubb should take a jump upwards just on the assumption that there's still a good chance that he could just get more pass game work, and he has been okay doing that. I know the rep is that he's just a pure rusher. So I actually, I don't hate the Chubb kind of him re-cementing a little bit higher. I do wish I'd taken a little bit earlier because I've been, you know, kind of thought that as I go through, but I just never take the early running backs at such a high volume. But Chubb coming up, like, he's just as likely to be a number one running back as it is Jerome Ford will have any sort of role. Yeah, the, the problem with me for Chubb, right, is just there's still zero indication that he is going to catch passes. And I do think, like, if you think about, like, the systemic offense risk that people are baking in for the Browns, right? Like, Deshaun Watson, I mean, we've seen Deshaun Watson, like, perform as, like, the top fantasy quarterback. And he's going in the, like, ninth and tenth round because he was so awful last year. So people are, like, baking in, like, what if Deshaun Watson just isn't good? That's basically what his ADP reflects. With Nick Chubb, they're going the opposite direction. They're saying, we want to draft this guy even higher than we have before when he's never shown an ability to catch passes and have kind of the full legendary profile. Obviously, he can still rip off a 30-burger because of those explosive runs, but it's just interesting to me that you're getting a discount on basically every other piece of the Browns' offense except Nick Chubb right now. Mm. And so that's just a weird thing for me. I do not, I don't want to be as underweight as I am right now, but I'm in this tough spot, right, where James and a lot of people think he's only going to get more expensive. And like, that's going to be such a tough click. I will just plug my nose and take him to make sure I get up to my three to 4%. But man, if he sneaks into the first round, I'm going to have very little chub. 
Yeah, I talk a lot about the EPA per rush, EPA per target stuff, the estimated points added numbers that I get from Sports Info Solutions. And Chubb is one of those guys where if you have that many rushes of that, you know, that level of volume as a guy like Chubb, you'd expect him to be, you know, close to like a zero, maybe a point one if he's doing well, point two if he's really doing well. Um, like Saquon for a comparison point is like zeros across the board, zero DVOA, maybe negative DVOA and some of that stuff. Uh, EPA number is pretty close to zero. But Chubb with that volume is so efficient and so good that I've always had kind of a candle on for him in the hopes that, you know, he can maybe get more of a workload, can absorb Kareem Hunt's role. Uh, so I still would be willing to take him on the way up a little bit as I try to figure out where my weaknesses are in my portfolio. Uh, but a weakness I got here, Pete, is uh, Mark Andrews goes to pick before me, so I reach for Ooh. Lamar, and I hate that. Um, Man, I uh, I have so much fun stuff here that I want to do. I do not believe I've been able to do the Keenan Jerry Judy double tap at the 3-4 turn in one of my rooms in a long time because in my draft rooms, Keenan is now just regularly going in the mid-third. So let's... um. I'm actually going to do a, a best ball tip video too. And I passed on Brees Hall yesterday for Josh Jacobs. And one thing I've been thinking about with him is I do really feel like the Jets are the leader in the clubhouse to get Dalvin Cook at this point. They make the most sense. The, the team has already vaguely shown some interest um, based on comments. They said they were going to leave no stone unturned in looking at the, the, the situation there. And my thesis right now is I don't think Brees Hall can get that much more expensive but I do think he can get much cheaper. And you see here, I'm already double the field on Brees Hall. And if Dalvin Cook signs, I think Brees Hall at minimum drops around and he probably lands in the fifth round next to J.K. Dobbins and Kenneth Walker, at which point I will continue to select him heavily. So this is kind of me being like, play the ADP game. He can really only get cheaper from where he is now. Yeah, he could move up a few spots if Dalvin Cook doesn't come and his injury timeline continues to be positive. But I am just tapping the brakes lightly on Brees Hall right now. Yeah, I mean, he's not been one of my go-to guys since uh, we debated it with Pat Crane many moons ago, talking about the concept of him potentially being overdrafted. Um, different reasons why he might be overdrafted if Cook is going there. And i uh, got to give the credit, I guess, to Nick Arcolano at this point, Pete. He was the first person to say that Dalvin Cook would go to the Jets, though. Uh, not quite in the timeline, not quite for the money, it did seem like Nick projected. Yeah, and I mean, the, the report, too, is that the Dolphins, you know, had put out an offer, and basically what it, it seemed like is the Dolphins had just kind of a low-ball offer, right? I, I, and it never made sense for the Dolphins to overspend. It does make sense, like, if they want to offer him a really cheap veteran contract, and he's like, yeah, I'll go back home and play in Miami, that they'd be like, sure, we'll take the extra body. But Dalvin Cook, like DeAndre Hopkins, these guys want to get paid top dollar. And if there's one team that is willing to cave right now as they push all their chips in, say they start to just get a little spooked about Brees Hall. He's being a little hesitant cutting in training camp here. All of a sudden, it's like, all right, we got our Aaron Rodgers. We got the defense. We got everything in position. Let's go and just pony up and get Dalvin Cook and make sure that we have all the pieces here for a big year. It does just seem like that is going to happen. So um, I could be wrong still, but I really think if the Jets don't do it, that the Dalvin Cook stuff, he might he might wait until the season starts or until preseason when there's an injury because I don't know who else is is ponying up for his services at the price he wants right now. Yeah, I've seen some of the stuff that we've talked about with Dalvin Cook, people on social media talking about how he needs to just kind of adjust his price tag to fit what the market is. And obviously Miami gave him an offer where uh, they thought they can slot him in and make it make sense, and it wasn't quite where he wanted it to be. Um, I would think that's going to be the case for a lot of offers he's going to get, probably including that Jets one. Maybe it comes at a little bit higher money. 
Um, but I still think with Dalvin Cook, the thing that just screams the most to me is how much control Aaron Rodgers has had so far uh, on the Jets and what he's been able to do and the reports around that. And there's nobody who's going to know Dalvin Cook better than the guy who played against him two times a year and was like, oh, man, Dalvin crushed just that one game. Like, that's probably enough to get you signed in the Jets based on the other guys they've signed so far. So I think Dalvin makes the most sense. With the Broncos still kind of looming, I guess. But Javante's stuff is good enough sounding that I don't think they need Dalvin at this point. Yeah, I, I do think the Broncos could be in the market. I don't know if Dalvin is the fit, but like a Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette, I could definitely see them doing that. We got to point out some, we got some like funky things going on in this room. We do have um, the unstacked uh, Jalen Hurts drafter, then taking Joe Burrow with the two elite QBs. We got a drafter starting Eckler, Chubb, and Brees Hall, which is fun. Um Spags, you just took uh, Travis Etienne as an anchor in the fourth and then Chris Godwin uh, in the fifth. I also meant to ask you, did you do any drafting on your vacation? Were you physically able to draft in your location? No, unfortunately, our, our pal uh, John Warner over at uh, Badge Bros was kind of running the bit into the ground from Hawaii. Puerto Rico also unable to draft on Underdog, unfortunately, and on DraftKings. So I couldn't place any bets on the sports books, couldn't do any of the best ball drafts. Was hoping maybe I can knock out. Uh, at least some DraftKings drafts, but no, not available there. Underdog, not in Puerto Rico either. So I actually haven't done a single weekly winner's draft. I tried to get into a few yesterday, and they, the wait time was a little bit long. Really? So, uh, I, yeah, I uh, you know, I, I haven't gotten as much drafting as I would have liked. I had to just watch everybody else's screenshots. That's uh, that's so unfortunate uh, yeah. for you there. Um, let's see. What am I going to do here? I do not have much Aaron Jones um, this seems like a time to get a share here as an anchor. I was hoping Hawkinson or Kittle fell. Um, I think I really, uh, let's see. Yeah. I'm going to take Aaron Jones here. I think I want to get Kyle Pitts. I've been, I want to boost up my Pitts exposure. I know I I've said, I wanted to wait till I'm on the other side of the board, um, to get more of him taking him ahead of ADP here, but I'm going to start to get a little bit more aggressive on Kyle Pitts specs. Is there a reason why? Because you were pretty bullish on him to start this, uh, BBM campaign of yours. And then now you cooled and, uh, why are you getting back on the train? I wasn't, I, I wasn't cool on him, uh, from the start. I just wasn't like naturally ending up with him. I think it was a product too, of the wide receiver avalanche meta. And like Kyle Pitts was going in that range where it's like, okay, if you don't take Jahan Dotson or, you know, George Pickens right now, none of these guys are coming back to you. And so it wasn't a detour I was often making. But one of the things that I've been, you know, that's nice about zero RB builds is it then does give you these detour options to either get the quarterback, the tight end or the running back. There were no quarterbacks um, that I was eyeing in this range, you know, with Judy Keenan, um, you know, Herbert was already off the board, Amon Ra and Garrett Wilson all give me access to later quarterbacks. So if I'm thinking through, hey, I'm going to take two detours early in a zero RB build, one is going to be for a running back, one's going to be for a tight end. Kyle Pitts and even Waller is not coming back to pick 84. So structurally here, I wanted to make sure I was kind of maximizing my detours. And to me, it is kind of arbitrary in this range. Um, I do think Kyle Pitts should be going alongside these other guys. And I just want to get my exposure uh, up on him. I want more zero RB builds. I want more elite tight end builds with Pitts and Kittle and Hawkinson. So it was another kind of byproduct of doing my portfolio review of some tweaks and changes that I want to make. Yeah, I am also, I'm going to point out, drafting a team that is not like one I would normally draft. I usually don't take ATN. Uh, not a big believer in the Bucks. We've talked about, I just think their Super Bowl odds are so low that I think that there's a good chance these guys aren't going in week 17. But 
Godwin fell Pete into my lap enough, and I had the New Orleans set up with Olave. So I think I am stacking bucks today, which will be the first time I get a share of a full buck stack. Uh, hopefully, well, I. I have been I have been in your spot many times because I've taken a lot of Godwin at Evans. And then the real question you have to ask yourself is, do you have the stomach for a Bucks QB or are you going to stack them uh, without the quarterback? I think I would take Baker at this point just because if we're going to say Godwin and Evans are still going in week 17, I do think that means that like Baker was competent enough to keep this team afloat. Maybe the defense is good enough to keep them in games. Um, so, and also the South is weak enough that they could still be in contention, even if the team isn't that good. So I think if you're making a bet on Godwin and Evans, you probably want to take one of the QBs just because the bet is inherently saying like, Hey, the bucks are going to stay above water. And I don't believe that personally. Yeah. Yeah. That it is one that I'm very excited to get some like concrete news from camp because it, the whole point it's like, I know no one's excited about Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. It's not even that I, I really don't even care who wins. I just want to know who's the starting quarterback, right? Like, I just don't want to draft one of those guys and have a zero on my roster all year. But if we find out like, hey, this is our quarterback, I mean, I would definitely be willing to mix those guys in. Because like one of the whole things that I've been thinking about with some of these late round quarterbacks, Sam Howell, Brock Purdy, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, the thing we like about them isn't necessarily that they're some incredible quarterback prospect. It's that they're surrounded by really good weapons. And the Bucs still have good weapons. Like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are awesome weapons there. And so I do think you should have some vague interest in the quarterback if we know who that quarterback is, which, which we do not now. And that's why it's a tougher click. Yeah, and I don't mind Trask. Trask actually did grade out pretty well in college uh, from some of the numbers there. Obviously, he hasn't played a lot in the pros, even enough to make a small sample size kind of argument for him. But he was pretty good at Florida, so... You can make the case that Trask is maybe worth drafting too, but the path least resistance, I think, for the Bucks to be good in week one is probably Baker being out there and being at least the quarterback he was for the Rams on the home stretch. So I don't know, but what are you going to do here on the turn? I was going to run to the podium and select Quentin Johnston if he <laughs> fell one more pick. I was wrong. I said Darren Waller wouldn't make it back. He does make it back. I do not think I'm going to do bully tight end here. Um, we might push... Um, I might just go with my favorite uh, wide receiver available here. I really don't like this Pacheco, White, Dalvin Cook range. We'll grab another Elijah Moore share, even though Deshaun Watson is off the board. I think Watson um, and Elijah would have been a fun double tap there. I do get uh, the week 17 there with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. And now I am going to pick a Ravens wide receiver as well. This kind of goes back to the thing I was talking about with Brees Hall. Even though if you told me I could get 17 games from both Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman, I would take Bateman. Um, I do think Bateman's price can only drop from now where I think there's legitimate, um, not risk that he's not going to be ready for week one, but that he might not be at training camp. They might not be playing some of these preseason games. The the language from the team has been that they're going to be very cautious with him as he recovers from Liz Frank and drafters will react to that. So my thought is, Zay Flowers is only going to get more expensive if uh, Rashad isn't as present at training camp. And so I'm just going to be selecting Flowers ahead of Bateman for now. And then knowing I do think Bateman is going to get slightly cheaper. And once there's a little bit of a gap in their ADPs, then I'll swing my exposure back to Bateman. No, that makes sense. And I certainly uh, took Lamar a little bit ahead of ADP, would have liked to have gotten anybody stacked with him out of this group. And now we are basically down to Odell or I guess I could do likely later on, but I, I'm going to have a tough time stacking up Lamar at this point with anything of value, Pete. So I'm with you on uh, Bateman being a faller. I wish he had been a follower in this particular room. Um, yes, but here's the thing. I 
will you agree to this from Tyler? If we break 300 likes on this video, Spags has to draft Trask and Baker. <laughs> I'll commit to one of them. I will absolutely yeah, but... commit to one of them if we get 300 likes. And the, the quest to help each channel get to 15,000 subs here. But um, I can't draft both. I can't just sink $25 on the bucks. <laughs> uh also as a reminder so what we do here on tuesdays it is a splash play double header we do the first draft here on my channel you see this is draft 81 for me and then we will head immediately following this over to the splash play channel for draft number 82 um i got the link pinned in the description and it should also auto redirect you don't even have to click anything you just stay here and we will hop over to the splash play channel so make sure you guys are subscribed to both of those channels if you want to watch our sweet, sweet doubleheader action. And as always, these drafts are eligible for my comment giveaway. Spags, we're on a good pace here, uh, continuing to add a decent amount of subs each show. So the closer we get to 15,000 subs, the quicker we can get to that $1,500 giveaway. And the 3,000 on Splash Play. Pete has already committed contractually, verbally, and in writing all of that to do a drunk show when he gets to 3,000 subs on Splash Play and 15,000 on Pete's channel. So, Pete, I think they should just subscribe to your channel and then just go right over to Splash Play and click at the exact same rate. Everybody, everything should grow right in line. I meant to ask you, Spags, a little check-in about your boy, Anthony Richardson. He does, does go at pick 97 here. Did you see I got Richardson at pick, I think it was 118 Ugh. in a draft the other day? I'm starting to get my cheap Richardson bags packed. I've, I've said the entire time that this is the time you're going to be able to get him cheaper, I think, when he gets the training camp, especially if there's one preseason game where he's getting that starter workload, getting a full quarter of play, and does something special in that quarter. I think that's when he starts to kind of come back up. So, look, I think this has been the thesis of the play all along, Pete. I certainly wish he hadn't fallen behind 100, but I've gotten him at 120 a few times, so I'm not going to be too mad at it, even though I certainly would like to see him on the higher end for my, my closing line value. But I am on the clock here. <sighs> Two is falling. He does not make sense to me. I do need more receivers and running backs at this point. Um, God, is this an Alvin Kamara share? Are we just? I'm just building out... <laughs> Saints Bucks for a week 17, the least sexy week 17 matchup. Um, I I like I've been I have been mixing in Kamara in my rooms because he will slide at least around past ADP. You took him right about ADP here, but I, I'm surprised. I guess because you have two other Saints running backs, I guess I I wouldn't force the correlation at that juncture just knowing like 116 could be a jamal williams or a camara slide pick and 125 um could easily be a kendra miller pick did you think through like if you like the other because all of these spots are almost directly correlated with their adps you basically could have picked a saints running back in the price over the next three I am so in on Kendra already that I don't like, I think in this build where I'm saying I'm, you know, I'm doing something different with Tampa Bay going heavier on them. I'm already have a share of Olave for new Orleans. I think I'm okay taking Kamara at ADP just because I agree. Like it would be nice to get the follower, but if I'm at 33% Kendra 25 to 33, like I don't need him again in the spot, but let's see what you do here. Maybe you can reach for Kendra. Uh, I'm not reaching for Kendra. Uh, I am going to take Antonio Gibson. I'm debating if I want to handcuck, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Um, and I don't think I, I want to, they kind of fall on that line where I like both say like Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, but I don't necessarily want to take them together. And it's not because they don't have different skill sets. They definitely do. Um, but I just think like the price, um, I don't yeah. love it, but man, AJ Dillon sliding a little bit here. I think what I'll do is just play it a similar kind of style back 
to AJ Dillon and Brian Robinson and basically trying uh, to then play the commanders as the double tap, as the cheap uh, hand cucking there, as opposed to the more expensive one. Interesting. Okay. I have not taken a share of Gibson and Robinson together. I know that was a popular uh, social media trope a little bit ago, but uh, never one that occurred to me just because of the fear of a Kareem Hunt coming in. Uh, Chris Rodriguez would be mattering a little bit more uh, with some of the camp reports I've, I've come out so far about him. But, you know, I, I get it, I guess. that The price tag is too steep to Hancock, I think, with Jones and Dylan. Like, that's a lot of draft capital going to those two guys. Yeah, and that's why I was, like, thinking through – because uh, the, the two kind of filters I use when I think about the backfields is, one, do they play, like, different positions, right? You know, one's the pass catching back, one's the early down, where their production isn't going to be mutually exclusive. Where I do think, like, Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, yes, Charbonnet could have some standalone role, but when you look at how the Seahawks actually use their running backs – I do really think it's going to be one or the other as far as like smashing their ADP. Whereas I think with the commanders, you get the best of both. Oh, and so then the second filter is just the price, right? Like the Dolphins, it's like I don't even care that most and A chain skill set might be slightly redundant because the price is so cheap. But with the commanders, I think you accomplish both filters. One, they're going to be used differently. And two, you're spending, you know, uh, non top 100 picks on both of them. So I do think. It's also too, for me, Spags, it's a way to offset my heavy Sam Howell bags as well, where it's like I've played this through the passing game so much. This team, you know, can be geared way more uh, to the running game. Yeah, not, I think that certainly makes sense, especially with, again, you do have a lot of Sam Howell, which uh, you've talked about here. And I was quietly sweating out. Will Odell Beckham fall to me? And Pete, here he <laughs> is. <laughs> Pick 116, Odell, to finally stack up somebody with Lamar. You're on that. You're on the trajectory of the team I drafted um, with uh, with Pat uh, the other day, where we also got we took Lamar early, then got shut out on all of the stacking options, and Pat forced me into taking Odell Beckham. Is that one of your first Odell shares, or have you been willing to click him? I've been willing to click him sometimes. I don't think I have a lot by any stretch. I'll actually double check here, but I have to. Yeah, I have two percent Odell across everything, so forty seven dollars spent on Odell, not including today. It's it's nice too. It is nice to put the dollar amount next to those guys. Uh, $47 on Odell. I mean, there's worse ways to burn $47. I did crest uh, my first thousand dollar player, Pete. Do you want to guess who it is? You should be able to. And it's actually, it's not going to be a quarterback. I will say. Oh, okay. Cause I mean, that was going to be the low hanging fruit, mm. man. I feel like you, is it, I mean, is it Michael Pittman? It is Michael Pittman, okay. $1,031 yeah. on Big Mike. Wow. Wow. That, I I would be nervous about that. But, I mean, so that means you're you're still taking him a lot, even without uh, Richardson. Usually in the hopes of getting Richardson, but I have been trying to deviate on that a little bit. Um, let me make a pick here. I'm on a one three five one. Does feel, you know what? I got a little bit of Philly. I am going to go for Rondale here just because I am feeling thin at receiver and Rondale obviously correlating in week 17. If they, if the Cardinals are still hanging in, they'll be going against the Eagles. So let's see if Rondale can do that. Uh, but I think Pittman's still a good bet. Like I think he's starting to fall. Uh, oh, coffee pour. Mm. You know who doesn't need any coffee? Michael Pittman. <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't even want coffee. I just didn't want to hear you wax poetically about <laughs> Michael Pittman. So I started pouring. Oh, well, Pete, so I'm going to post a fantasy football take every day on my Twitter. That's my my goal at Chris Spags now because I 
I'm not a thread. I don't want to do threads, but one single take that it's like where my money is. I still will defend the Michael Pittman. A, he's had a ceiling. We know he hit it like early last year has had it with terrible quarterback play in the Colts before. But also I do think that relative to the skill set, he should be running Devonta Smith routes this year in the Colts. That is the hill I'm going to die on this year. I think people want Alec Pierce. He's a lot cheaper. I get that. Jelani Woods, people want going in the 18th round. Pittman has been that player in the past, has been good at USC, was used a little bit differently than he was on the Colts. So I think Pittman's still a viable play, and this is not Cope because he is my first $1,000 player. Do you know what would be is going to be the funniest timeline, Spags? Michael Pittman smashes as your highest uh, exposure player, and it's because Gardner Minshew starts 17 games. That is by far the funniest timeline uh, for you in your portfolio. The Colts would have to be so good to not go to AR after their buy. Like their buy is week 11. So that's really the time where the rookie has to get in, I would think. Uh, but we could talk more Colts in a moment. People don't hear me talk Colts enough. What are your picks? I'm debating through a couple of things here. Um, I'm debating double tapping quarterback. I have uh, Amon Ra and uh, Judy. Uh, I have a decent amount. I'm, I am going to take Goff here. So we're going to take Goff. And then I could scoop the value on Jamal Williams dropping here. I think you could argue I'm definitely a little light. And I do have some quarterback options later. I kind of like this pairing here, although they both have the same bye week. And that kind of could get me into a little bit of trouble. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick the quarterback can down the road. I think I have some other options. Let's do Jamal Williams here. Um, been kind of balancing out my heavy uh, Kendra bags there. So Jared Goff and Jamal Williams. Interesting. So yeah, I, I feel like we're both, let me look at your team a little more. I feel like we're both drafting a little bit against type today. Um, I mean, maybe not with your start with Wilson and Amon Ra, but like for me, I've kind of been trying to not fall in the same, I wouldn't say the same pitfalls. Cause I really do have a lot of takes that I, my heels are dug in on, uh, you know, the Christian Watson's, the George Pickens kind of takes. Those are ones that I, not going to deviate from a bunch, but I've been letting the rooms come to me a lot, especially as I'm drafting later at night in BBM, where I love drafting Pete, a team at like 10 o'clock when there is like a Pomeranian or a poodle going, because you just find really weird drafters funneling into those BBM rooms. Um, so that's what I've been doing is just being a little more willing to take what the room gives me. And the room today, Pete has given me some dog shit is what I will say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this room, it, it's definitely not like one of the crazy badge bro avalanche rooms that I'm used to, but sometimes you do find yourself in just uh weird spots where it's tough to execute your, uh, your build. I was going to take Aaron Rodgers if he fell, um, this drafter stacked him up with Alan Lazard. So I understood why they didn't do that. Although um, doing the Justin Hertzik, no, no, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, same week 17 game. So that would have been a fun one. I would have liked to have done Goff and Rodgers and get both of my first uh, two round picks stacked up. But um, because I had so many other options for late stacks on this team, I just didn't really feel the need to do it. And I have to take Tyler Algier here because I don't think Bigsby and Travis Etienne can get there relative to the ADP is kind of a, a heightened version of what we talked about with AJ Dillon and, uh, and Aaron Jones as well. So I, this team is a weird one for me, Pete, but I, I think I'm working it okay. But God, I just, this is not, these are not a configuration of players I normally take. I have to say right away. Um, Who did you just take? Oh, Algier. Algier no, now you're Aitken back on your bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Not, not a great running back spot. Yeah, the running backs are, what do we have available on? Are the running backs going a little bit earlier in this room? 
maybe slightly. Yeah, it felt bled out. Like Bigsby would have been fine there if I didn't have ATN, but if, yeah. yeah. I am kind of glad that I did a running back pick there, just seeing um how much these running backs are flying off the board. I mean, I certainly have guys here that I like, but in a zero RB room, um, to only have three coming back there, I think I would have been really digging at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And uh yeah, see what the, what's coming back here. It might be a a Roshan spot for me coming up. Yeah. I do. I do have the market cornered on NFC South running back. So I've got that going for me, if nothing else. <laughs> the what, it, what are your Tyler Algier bags at right now? Not that high. Uh, let's see. I have. Uh, nope. You know what? Higher than expected. <laughs> 17% Algier. Uh, four, 469 is what I spent on him going into this draft. Wow. Have you done, did you, have you done any of the like mid to higher stakes, uh, like Chow's Dalmatians, Bulldogs, anything like that? I did the Dalmatian. I did the golden. Um, I have not done a bulldog or a mastiff or any of those. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm focused. I'm honestly getting worried uh, just to finish my BBM shares at this point. Cause I'm just shy of 80 now, which I know we can get to, but if you're doing another hundred on DK and then 80 on in BBM, like I'm starting to feel the sweat a little bit, Pete, even though, you know, obviously you're, it's going to be much harder for you to streaming it all, but you have a schedule. Whereas like I'm hitting four a week on stream and that's it. It's been funny to read the comments. I feel like a lot of people are like benchmarking their pace to mine. Someone's like, I've watched more of your drafts than I've done drafts myself. I need to pick up uh, the pace. I do think if you want to use me as your pacer, it will be, damn it. Russell Wilson's falling all the way back to 156. There would have been very fun. Um, all right. What do we want to do here? I do think this is going to end up being a three quarterback build for me. And I, I think Jordan Love um, with Aaron Jones. I want to make sure that I get that second quarterback now, kind of thinking through my end game here. Um, so let's grab Jordan Love. And then that will give me some outs to some other tight ends late. Maybe we boost up our... Gerald Everett here, we got a little, it's a little tough to get correlations with Denver, you know, once you miss out on some of the other Chargers guys early. So let's do Gerald Everett here as a, a week 17 with Judy and Keenan. I like Gerald Everett. I mean, I know we've talked a lot about, I feel like we've talked a lot about Gerald Everett over the course of the last two years and him being undervalued. Now he feels like appropriate ADP wise, but this is a part of a Chargers offense where Tim or Parham is going to do well. And Parham can't play a lot of snaps because of the size and the constant injuries. It feels like he gets Everett is one of those guys. I feel like should feel more comfortable as like part of the two tight end build and just like being a guy, you know, is going to be there week after week and actually, you know, have a ceiling he can get to. Yes. Um, chat is on one today. We got, we got some feisty people in the chat having all these sub arguments. Uh, I, I didn't see, think we'd see the day where, uh, uh, Paris Campbell was comped to, to T Higgins in our, in our splash play chat. <laughs> I, the Paris Campbell stuff. I know there was the good camp reports and all that. That is the most crowded position to be competing for snaps and in the, in a giants receiving core where there's eight bodies there right now, but a guy who's like a slot receiver. Like I just don't, I don't buy the Paris Campbell thing at all. I definitely don't buy the, the increased ADP as well. 
No, the Paris Campbell pick is like the fishiest pick where like the ADP moves up because of like one OTA training camp. And then you are drafting him ahead of players. The team has invested significantly more capital in, in Wandell Robinson and Jalen Hyatt. I mean, Robinson and Hyatt are such smash picks now that they're free in all of these drafts. And, um, we've, we've done the Paris Campbell thing literally four or five years in a row. We know what he is. And, uh, you're going to get bad closing line value and not much late season production. And I'm taking DJ Chark here because I do have Travis Etienne for Jacksonville. So I'm going to try to maybe build out some Carolina late. Cause would you go to QB with Lamar and Bucks QB, whoever that is, whether it be Trask or Mayfield? Cause it feels yeah. like inherently if you're going the Bucks, like I should still take a third QB. Yeah, I guess that's slightly thin. Just again, it goes back to that thing I was saying about not knowing which one is going to start where I have been completely fine doing like on my bulldog team, I did Lamar and Brock Purdy, you know, like I am completely fine with Lamar in a cheaper one. Um, but I, I don't know that one's cool. If you knew for a fact, which bucks QB was going to start the whole year, I would say absolutely. But that uncertainty makes me think that's a little thin. Shout out Christopher, by the way, my occasional arch nemesis here coming in with a $20 super chat to help cover Spag's losses from taking Pickens over Deontay Johnson. Of course, Deontay Johnson ranked 85 out of 85 receivers in DVOA, ranked 81 out of 85 receivers in DYAR. Uh, two of the metrics that our pal Aaron Stotts will be taking on the road with him. Uh, but yeah, that is, uh, Pete, this is the $20 for you, really, because <laughs> in support of me and my quest to take George Pickens over Deontay Johnson. I'll Christopher, I will venue uh, or I'll Venmo Spags your your uh, gift to help subsidize his his George Pickens losses. Uh, all right, I'm on the clock here. One five seven one really feels like I don't I don't need to take any of these assholes yet <laughs> that I have to take. Um, let's throw in Chuba here just because running backs been bled pretty dry. So I'll get to six running backs and. And then we'll do some last minute salvage work on the scene that I do not enjoy, which means it'll be one of my best teams, Pete. That's how it goes. Uh, I also just noticed this uh, to FF Doom pointing out Puka went in round 14. Where, where is this Steve? Was there another athletic puff piece about this guy? This, this dude is getting so much buzz, man. Puka I, in the 14th. He, I mean, look, he did get a lot of buzz working with the starters. I get it in the 17th or 18th. I don't think in the 14th. Um, Man, running backs really getting wiped out here in this draft room. Um, it is probably the pick that makes the most sense for me right now. Am I just going to keep adding on to my my Dolphins bags? I mean, it makes sense. I have Zay Flowers. Um, I do really think Jeff Wilson um, is still a smash. Kind of going back to that thing where I do feel like one of Mostert or A-Chain is probably going to win those touches and I feel pretty confident about Jeff Wilson's role um there so I'm just I'm just going to keep selecting this dude um let's see if there's anything else I need to be doing here I could should I take Paris Campbell nah um I think I'll continue to just take one of my other favorite running backs in this range trying to boost it up a little bit the uh Vikings do play Detroit in the dome in week 16 so we'll do that as a little week 16 bring back with Ty Chandler all right. I also enjoy this. This is the, the real pushback to Paris Campbell. 5'8 is not tiny, folks. It is a very standard, acceptable human. <laughs> Did Davis Maddock write this post? <laughs> 
It is, we remember when we had that period uh, on Splash Play where Pete and I would post our heights for everybody because we are both over six feet tall. So that gives us a lot more credibility in the space. Davis got mad. We were on, uh, I think we were on ADP chasing last week and uh, Davis had like touted Josh Downs. And I was like, you really do love your super short wide receivers because he's super in on like uh, Greg Dorch and uh, Tutu Atwell. And he's like, what? Josh Downs is like average size. He's like a normal size. I was like, he's 5'9". Davis is like, that's completely normal. I was like, yeah, maybe if you take the average height of all human beings on the planet, not average height for wide receivers in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are getting smaller, but definitely not that small across the board. Um, all right, so no Bryce Young available at this point. So that makes it a little bit tougher. I think this is going to actually have to be... <sighs> I think this is going to actually have to be a two QB build. I'm going to start taking guys to get these out of the way. I do not advocate taking Kate out normally in the 16th round, but I have to get him for myself. Yeah. We're, we're having to, we're having to live a little in this room to kind of complete, um, some of the, uh, like team objectives we have here of just, you know, like the, 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 the drafts that feel the best, right. Are when like the value lines up with like the structural picks you need to make. You know, where it's like you're doing a zero RB build and then you get into that range of the draft and it's just like pop, 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 pop. Here's all the sweet spot zero RB targets. Sometimes you get in these spots like I feel like you're maybe in this spot. I've been in this spot uh, with needing to round out my RB room and um, having to reach a little bit, but I think it's fine. Also, to dispel guys like Bullock in the chat saying, where did, it, where did that go? They're talking uh, about your height. Yes. Yeah. So not only Bullock, am I over six feet tall? I'm six one and currently Pete, 240 pounds from just dad life getting getting me and also putting on some muscle too. But yeah, six one, two forty. So I'm bigger than I would say 70% of the fantasy analysts right now in the world. You and me are the same height, but different weight. Yeah, you're like you're like 190, right? 185 right now. Wow. Wow. That was my high school weight. Uh all right. I'm we, on the who do you Maybe we need when we you at Spags and I have never uh, met up IRL. When we do, maybe we need just like a back to back pick. Who's taller? Who's the taller six one? Um, I feel like it could go either way. Well, that's why I'm taking all my like I'm taking all my photos with Luca now, so I look like a giant. That's really the goal to really <laughs> reshape the brand. Oh, there we go. I look five nine one eighty five on that. Thank you. <laughs> I have heard that before. Yeah. You are sneaky tall. I, I think if you would have, if I didn't know, and I, I previously did know that you were uh, taller, but if someone would have just asked me, I think I would have been like, eh, 5'10, like I think would have been my guess. That's fair. No, I mean, I've I've been over six feet since I was like 15, I think, 14. Yeah. So like I've mm. been, I've been right. I never hit another growth spurt after that, but I've been a respectable height as a gentleman um, to the point where also like I was a receiver in DB in high school. And my coach was like, I'm going to move you to line fags. And he had like a list too. So he's like, I'm going to move you to line. I'm going to, you're going to be out we'll doing D line exercises with us. And that was, uh, <laughs> that was my junior year. Love it. Um, mm -hmm. All right. How am I going to stick this landing here? I do believe I am going to take, um, I'm going to get to a third uh, quarterback. You know, one of the things I was talking about in looking at my portfolio review is that I did want to like boost up my Ritter and Purdy shares to get it closer to like the Howland Pickett on this team with Kyle Pitts. And Goff and Love feels a teeny bit thin for a two quarterback build. So I do like the idea of adding Ritter here. Um, Goff, I think I'm going to be fine. Um, just single stacking Love, maybe... I will put Musgrave in the queue here. The question is, do we think 
three tight ends here. I'm, I'm fine with these six wide receivers, six through 85 um, feels fine. And I think because Aaron Jones is the anchor, I am okay um, with a six running back room here. Haven't taken a lot of Musgrave. This seems like mm. the spot to take him. A Jordan Love team. I don't have my Dobbs. I don't have my Christian Watson. Would like to get him double stacked if that hits. So we'll do Luke Musgrave and do one of my patented. Actually, I don't know if it's patented. Three six six three builds. It does feel. Yeah, your team felt thinner at running back than it feels like it should. Just given the the handcuffing, I guess would be the thing. Um, but I do like Musgrave. Musgrave to me is one of my favorite rookie tight ends. I know there's you know a bunch of them that we've talked about over the course of this offseason, but Musgrave is like getting starter reps. He's looked good in camp, looked great. Uh, the limited games he played last year for Oregon State. So like I think Musgrave is still undervalued going in the 18th round. Yeah, uh, I I like Musgrave um, on uh, those late tight end builds. I just haven't gotten funneled there a lot. So I actually think this was a nice spot to, uh, to get him. I think one of the, you could say one pick, I wonder if I should redo if I could would be, I took Everett over Sam Laporta. So I missed out on the Jared Goff double stack. Another thing I could have, you know, I missed out on a Dallas bring back with Detroit. Um, I also don't have a Chicago bring back with my Atlanta stuff. Um, normally I do end up with a Chicago back on most of my teams, but structurally, uh, I don't mind this team. Yeah. I'm at a two, six, seven, two. I don't, I think I could take Hurst. I could take Terrace Marshall and that wouldn't feel too bad either. Um, we need a third tight end with Goddard and Otten. Yeah, I'll take Hayden Hurst here. I, I love Terrace Marshall. He is my go-to 18th round pick, especially if I have any Jacksonville or Carolina, but I think Hayden Hurst with Otten and Goddard Fields a little safer. Yeah. Weird team. This is this is a comment by CLN, and I do think it's a good and conversation to have. So CLN goes, that's a good thing. Everett going to outscore Laporta by at least 50. Um, that is probably like true when you're looking at like median projections and stuff, but this goes back to why like the correlation is so important, right? Where it's like, when I have Everett, a lot of the Everett teams are going to be stacked with Justin Herbert, right? And if Everett's going nuclear, like I do think um, in that spot that you're going to wish you had the kind of Herbert Everett connection. Whereas when I'm making this bet on the Lions offense, Amon Ra here, Jared Goff stacked up. I do think a quarterback like Jared Goff, I prefer to have double stacked. And if Jared Goff really outperforms his ADP, I mean, who else is emerging in that offense? Obviously, Jamison Williams after six games, but that could still be a slow ramp up. Like, it's a legitimate thing that Sam Laporta could be just second on that team in targets for the first six weeks. Like, I don't I don't even think that's crazy. Maybe you say one of the running backs, maybe Gibbs and Montgomery are there getting a bunch of targets, but I don't know. It goes back to the correlation thing, and I probably should have broken the tie in favor of the quarterback uh, correlation there. And then uh, one question here, because I do like taking the esoteric ones. Who the fuck is Charlie Jones? Charlie Jones is the new Trenton Irwin on Cincinnati, Pete. That's the best way to sum them up. This is this is also the fun part of drafting season when people take players that I'm like, I think I know who that player is. Um, even though I spend my entire life uh, drafting and thinking about best ball, and I couldn't really tell you much about that player. My other favorite thing that happens to me, Spags, there are still so many players in the NFL that I draft that I don't know what they look like. And like uh, every once in a while, I'm trying to figure out who is the one I recently saw the other day for the first time. I was like, that's how that person looks. Um, I, I'll see if I can think of it, but that especially with the rookies, but that happens uh, a lot to me. 
Charlie Jones, I remember because of doing the rookie previews and Charlie Jones is like a beast at Purdue, but he's 24 and he's like a smaller white guy. So he kind of fits the criteria of like, oh, I see why your numbers look good, but you're not being projected anything. because He's not like a, a burner athlete or anything or a guy who had a high athletic pedigree. Uh, but yeah, he's like you know, a Cincinnati player getting in the 18th round. Like it's him or, or Travion Williams if you're going to take a Bengal. Yeah, I have been taking a little more Travion. And I do think, you know, one thing, that I was talking about too with my portfolio review spags was be, when we start to get more information about these second running backs and these ambiguous backfields, it's going to unlock more zero RB builds. So when you get in these spots like me, you feel good about some of these super late running backs where right now, I mean, you look at these running backs going the 18th round, Keontae Ingram, Cordero Patterson, like I have no clue what role those guys are going to have those two. I'm starting to get some confidence that Travion Williams is going to at least open the year as the number two back behind uh, Joe Mixon. And the thing that's kind of nice about the Bengals is you do even have the more kind of um, chaos out of like, what if something happens with Joe Mixon where he gets released or traded and all of a sudden this backfield fully opens up? And sure, in that scenario, they're signing a Fournette, they're signing whoever. But I do think there's a little added out there when you take Travion Williams or Chase Brown as this drafter did both, just because of the uncertainty in that backfield relative to, say, the Cowboys backfield, where I'm super interested in the RB2 there, but, like, Tony Pollard's the guy. Um, that's not going to change, where there's, like, legit uncertainty with Mixon. So this is a long way of saying guys like Ty Chandler, guys like Travion Williams, who I wasn't clicking in June, I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident that I'm not burning a dead roster spot on them. I have been taking so much Chase Brown that I got early on the Travion Williams train just to try to balance it out. But I think Chase Brown's still the one you want. Like he carried a big load at Illinois. Um, he was a guy that actually, you know, got too much volume, you would say, but still is okay relative to the volume, relative to the pass game work. Uh, but Travion Williams, they've given a lot of positive talk about, and he was apparently, you know, a functional part of their offense last year as well. So there's a case we made for both of them, and I wouldn't want to be too heavy. And I am too heavy on Chase Brown personally. Yeah, I it's it's tough because like when I had done I, the kind of like research on it because I wrote about it for the uh, Fantasy Life newsletter and I was like reading all the beat reports and the athletic stuff and it basically was like Travion Williams is running as the two, the clear second back behind Mixon and yet Chase Brown continues to make these really impressive athletic plays in OTAs, catching passes on wheel routes. And so it's the age old question like, do you defer to the veteran who knows the system, who the team is comfortable with or do you go with the rookie potential? The thing that's interesting about the Bengals, right, is they've shown a clear preference over the years to default to the in-house veteran. I mean, we did the same thing last year with Chris Evans and Samaj P. Ryan, and Travion mm -hmm. Williams feels like the P. Ryan this year. So it's a tough spot, and I'm hoping we get more clarity on it. I think both of them, like Ty Chandler and Dwayne McBride, have a place on, on teams right now. Um, but it's just I think you got to be kind of smart with how you balance it overall. Yeah, so speaking of being smart about how you balance it overall, guys, leave a comment down below on this stream. Of course, Pete giving away $1,500 to three different people, so $500 each to somebody when he hits 15,000 subs on his channel. So smash the like button, leave a comment. Pete, of course, you are getting closer than ever, so now is really crucial. Got to get those comments in. Let's, uh, let's recap our teams here. We are posting these on the Splash Play podcast feed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Spags and I get talking about Nick Chubb and correlations and forget to service the audio listeners. I did end up with a 3-6-6-3 build. Jared Goff, Jordan Love, and Desmond Ritter as my quarterbacks, my running backs, Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, Gasp, handcuffing, uh, Jamal Williams, Jeff Wilson, and Ty Chandler. 
my wide receivers, only a six wide receiver build. Haven't done that a ton, but uh, Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy, Elijah Moore, Zay Flowers, and then tight ends went with a three tight end build, Kyle Pitts, Gerald Everett, Luke Musgrave. What did you do, Spags? At QB, I took Lamar early and got boxed out of everything. So Lamar and Baker Mayfield at QB. Running back, Travis Etienne, one of my rare shares. Rashad White as a discount. Alvin Kamara, Tyler Algier, Roshan Johnson, and Chuba Hubbard. So a little bit of a zero RB build with an anchor RB. Uh, Tyree Kill, Chris Olave, Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Rondale Moore, DJ Chark, one of my least favorite wide receiver cores I've drafted. And a tight end, Dallas Goddard, Cade Otten, Hayden Hurst. Again, Pete, if we're doing this on a sliding scale, the teams that we hate are going to do the best. Uh, this one is going to be crushing for me heading into the playoffs. Yeah, when did you, were you at a spot where I, I wasn't like fully hawking your draft? Was there a spot where Bryce Young would have made sense? I think he went earlier than expected because I was trying to get him closer to 16th round and I think he went 15th would be my guess, but he, he wasn't there when I was considering him. So I would say no, that I... Like I wanted him and I was like, but as a concept, and then he was already gone. Bryce Young kind of gets steamed up sometimes. Yeah, you took DJ Chark at 164. So then if Bryce Young comes back to 173, I assume that's your pick there. Yeah, that's what I, I was trying to get him as my my third QB to, to not have to rely solely on Baker as my my backup. Yeah, because otherwise, yeah, you really didn't. I mean, you could have you could have sniped me on Ritter and done a little thing with Algier. Was Kyler ever in play for you with Rondell? Kyler went, I think he was available for one pick and I was like, mm, maybe, but then he was gone the next, like, I don't like taking Kyler really like right at ADP. I feel like he's a little bit, a little bit too steamy for me. Yeah. That would have been my only other thought of maybe like a three quarterback build with Lamar, Kyler and Baker. You know, you kind of, um, give yourself a couple cracks at that QB two, just knowing both are fairly shaky. I guess that might've been the only thing, but I did like how you just built out the Carolina stack around ETN, even without the quarterback. I think that came out well. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, again, I feel like this team is certainly a viable team. They're all viable this time of year, of course. So we're going to go build another one, Pete. So get the plugs out for whatever you have coming up here on your channel. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep it rolling. Normal week. Last week was obviously abbreviated with 4th of July. So Spags and I are going to go draft a team right now on Splash Play. I will be in the Fantasy Life Discord at 3.30 for my weekly office hours. If you guys want to come in there and talk about best ball, backfields, whatever you want to talk about. And then we are going to have a club show today. We might draft. Um, I got to see what Andy and Clay are up to. And then tomorrow, as usual, best ball breakfast, 10 a.m., Pat Crane back in the saddle and Sean Siegel. Those drafts have been wild. Um, the Sean rooms just get insane. So if you want to watch me draft in, in very tricky environments, tune in to Best Ball Breakfast tomorrow. Yeah, so follow Pete at Peter Overzet. Follow me at Chris Spaggs. I'm going to be posting a fantasy football take that I'm spending a lot of money on later today. And spoiler alert, is going to be Jalen Warren-centric. So uh, check my feed for that coming up in a little bit. But we're going to go head over to Splash Play now. So join us, every single one of you. Let's see you over there. Bye. Spags, the double header here on Splash Play Tuesdays rolls on. We just drafted my 81st Best Ball Mania 4 draft, and now we're going to compete for $3 million in my 82nd stream draft. Yep. We are already in the waiting room here in a Best Ball Mania 4 draft. $3 million of first place. Pete and I drafted some unique teams on Peach Stream, so if you missed that one, go check it out on Peach Channel. Of course, leave a comment on that video. But as Pete, honestly, I'm ready to redeem myself. I feel like that team wasn't bad per se, but it definitely wasn't like one of the teams that I would normally try to go to. So maybe, maybe this is a draft to get some AR, maybe a draft to do some cliche things. I don't know.
Look at this. Look at this room. Influencer 101 for Spags, 110 for Pete. <laughs> I am I the bad luck for you? Is that where we're gonna land with this? I don't know. I, I can't I just I need maybe I need to check in with underdog. Maybe I'm just not on good standing uh with them. The the RNG has just not been kind to me. Uh how many how many CD Lamb Devontae Adams teams? How many Amon Ross St. Brown Garrett Wilson teams? I maybe maybe I just take Nick Chubb just to feel alive for once here, Spags. I, I mean, look, you, we've talked about the virtues of Nick Chubb. We're getting ready to get in there now, and I think Pete's gonna be a tough decision for me. Do I take Justin Jefferson? Do I take Jamar Chase? So much optionality at the one spot. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it must be tough. Do you do you have an overweight position on either Jefferson or Chase just based on your random draft slots? Um, I am at nine point nine percent Jefferson overall and nine percent Chase. So I have a little bit of extra on both. It's not bad. Oh, I'll take it. All right. I Jefferson will say yeah. this. Um, look at look at Christopher Davis just spamming twenties. The Spags uh, relief the fund. We're we're panhandling out in the streets like Salvation Army now. With how things That's have right. been going. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say this is definitely. Uh, even though I don't see as many badges, this is definitely a friends and family room. Uh, stepfather's Furby, um, Sam Duel, who's been in a ton of drafts. So. Uh, I think this one might be a little more pissy than the last one. The Burke here taking Travis Kelsey at the three spot. So we are getting different right away. And you might even get a value coming back to you. I love value, Spags. It's my number one joy in life, just getting value. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Okay, so the interesting room so far. I think this bodes well for you at the 10 spot. Though, you know, again, you could still reach for Nick Chubb if it's in your heart. Mm. One thing I've been doing is getting a little bit more Austin Eckler um in draft so i'm happy to take him at 110 if he falls also uh don't mind getting some Bijan. maybe i'll do some kind of running back wide receiver combo here depending on how stuff goes so i know i have to keep you in the loop on drafting stuff which was a weird one so uh yesterday i was in a draft Bijan went 25 which i did not understand uh, on DraftKings. yes wow yeah um, all right. I am on the clock. Let's do, yeah, let's do Bijan. Okay. Yeah. No issue with Bijan. I think he's live to be the running back one. Like as live as anybody in this round. I really, yeah. I just don't have like, you know how we have like individual player concerns or even like the macro team environment or whatever. Like, obviously you could have, you could say, Hey, structurally you get buried by an avalanche, better running back values later, yada, yada. But I don't, I just don't have any concerns about Bijan. Um, I just, I think I, I feel like barring injury, I know what we're going to get. And the fact too, that he's going to an offense that just ran the ball so fucking well, we tilted our minds, uh, last year at Arthur Smith, but the dude called a really good running game. Um, I, I just do not have much concern there. Um, let's see, let's do Nick Chubb does go. I mentioned on the previous stream, I'm, um, do I want to do Bijan and Adams? I think we'll do Bijan and Adams. Yeah, I am higher. Uh, I have more exposure on Adams over Waddle, but I think that should be the case um, considering their prices. I do have Adams slightly a tier ahead. And I do wonder, do you think Adams could be a little bit, you know how like there was uncertainty with Eckler with his contract and not saying there's anything with Adams, but how like people were just a little nervous and then Eckler shot right back up out of the second round in the first round. Do you think that could happen with Adams? If we get like really good news, like, Hey, Jimmy G is good to go. Jimmy G and Devonte Adams have this great connection. Do you think Devonte Adams kind of 
locks back into like the 10, 11 ADP spot? Or do you think drafters are going to continue to prioritize Garrett Wilson and Lamb and Amon Ra over him? I think so. I agree that he came down because of the Jimmy G foot stuff, because that's when that started to really kind of take a foothold of him. No pun intended falling into that second round more consistently. I honestly still like him more than CD lamb. Like, I, I don't think, you know, that might be a little bit of a hot take. Um, so I would be comfortable with them going back to the first round. The issue though, is that then if you're taking him back in the first round, like he's now been steadily in the second round for what about a good month. So yeah, um, I, I, just, I would worry about that, but I agree. Like he should come back up. Because like if we're if we're thinking truly about talent profiles, historical production, Devontae Adams should be going after Cooper Cup, ahead of AJ Brown, ahead of Diggs, ahead of Garrett Wilson, Lamb, Amon Ra. Like that is the caliber of player he is. And so you are getting a situation uncertainty discount on him relative to his talent. Um, and I do think that's a really interesting dynamic. And I've mentioned a lot that game he had with Jarrett Stidham too, where Adams can crush in a ton of environments. I'm trying to talk myself into being more overweight Devontae Adams than some of these other guys who I think are maybe artificially pushed up because of wide receiver thirst and maybe not as deserving of their ADPs as Devontae Adams, who's just crushed for years and years in all kinds of different environments. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Adams, I, I think the Jimmy G stuff has been overrated and overhyped in terms of people thinking he's not good. Like the one thing Jimmy G has done has been a functional vessel for an offense. And I think um, that's something that honestly they were lacking at times last year with Carr, despite the fact that Adams kept getting there, that Jacobs kept getting there. Um, so I'm very much in on Adams and he's one of my higher exposed players. And certainly the, the week 17 stuff with Indianapolis, you know, that being a game that's safe from weather, not a bad thing either. Um, I also need to, I need to gift myself here, Pete. I did take Tony Pollard yeah. and Derrick Henry in a row. So the, the pigs are back. I was going to say old spags takes uh Christian Watson and DK Metcalf there <laughs> like every single time. <laughs> yeah. I, I still like the Watson thing. It's just like, he is falling in some rooms with Jefferson. So I don't want to take it every single time that I have Jefferson. Um, but you know, Watson can go like if his ADP falls a few more spots, he might more reliably go on that, you know, the four five turn. So that's something that's been top of mind for me, even though I do have a good amount of Jefferson and Watson. I, if it gets you know less unique, then I'm fucked with all those previous drafts. Yeah. I, I mean, th the build you did there from the one, like uh, I that was like kind of my preferred build from the one in the two. Um, interesting to see Barkley fall a good bit there too. Mm -hmm. He would have been, I haven't been getting a ton of Barkley, but I would have been happy to take him at a two, three turn price there uh, as well. But yeah, man, Pollard, Pollard's such a fun fucking click there to pair. Like Justin Jefferson and Pollard is really nice. Uh, MTM saying another reason people might be down on the Raiders, both Adams and Jacobs have expressed concern about the offense, which doesn't happen too often. They also are kind of both negotiating for different things. I mean, Adams, I think, is trying to keep his position of, hey, you know, you have to keep me happy. Jacobs obviously hasn't signed his tender yet, so he might not even be on the team for week one. So I wouldn't read too much on that, though. It is certainly weird signaling there. Um, and speaking of weird signaling, David's team here with Eckler, Mahomes, and Ramondre is a very unique start in our rooms. Yeah, Eckler, I was I was secretly hoping. I was like, could Ramondre fall to me here at pick uh, 34? We do see Brees go 31, so I didn't have to make that decision again. My second draft today, taking Keenan Allen. Um, again, like a guy that normally is going like in the mid-third in some of my rooms. So um, happy to get him here from the back half of the board um, certainly could have considered uh, Josh Jacobs there as well. Is Keenan Allen, a guy that you wish you'd gotten more of early when he was going in like the fifties. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, you always want uh, closing line value. I mean, I am, even before this draft, in the one today, because I hadn't updated my exposure, my, I'm nearly double the field on him. Um, when I draft with Sean, Sean is extremely high on Keenan Allen. You know, he has him kind of as like a 2-3 turn pick based on his personal ranks. So uh, he's a guy that I've been just trying to like get my my bags packed in spots that aren't super heavy wide receiver rooms because then I, I miss out on him. So we'll see how this, this plays out here, but I do like the, um, I could have done the double anchor RB with Bijan, but I, I honestly don't love, like someone just pointed out the Adams and Jacobs stuff. I have done teams with both Adams and Jacobs, but it's not my preferred pairing, um, together. Like I don't want to be going out of my way to do that unless it's at really cheap prices. Christian Watson goes to Scott Mack here. So I will not get him naturally falling to me, unfortunately, but what are you going to do here on the clock? Yeah, that was didn't love that turn there. I was hoping Watson or Judy came back to me. Let's see here. I'm probably going to take, let's take Drake London, another guy I've been trying to start to pencil in a little bit more after being really light on him to start. I mean, this is this is a true wasteland area here for me for picks. I could have made made the detour for Lamar, but I, man, I, I'm so I have such PTSD from when Pat and I took a, a fourth round Lamar after also taking a running back and just watching the wide receivers fly off the shelves. So I kind of want to stay uh, paced up here with an anchor RB build and wait until the six seven turn because sometimes Herbert has been falling there as well. And I would feel pretty gross if I took Lamar and then Herbert also fell back to me and I got, I got buried at wide receiver. That would just feel like a bad parlay uh, run out there. So that was kind of what I was considering, but man, like all these wide receivers, man, like I took London there, but from London to trailing Burks, it's all the fucking same to me. Yeah, I would agree. And we've talked about London and Berg's kind of being similar bets anyway. London was a little bit better last year, and I guess you could maybe hope that offense will be a little bit more improved than Tennessee's will, but I, I think the discount on Berg's is pretty appealing to me. Um, the Lamar thing, too, is frustrating because I took Lamar 29 last draft, then he goes 40 here, and that's that's the ADP ban you're seeing right live here where the icon gets him at 40, and got to feel pretty good to get Lamar at 40. People think you should have taken him. Um, yeah, the thing is, it's a structural thing. And I, I literally just explained yeah. it. Um, it, the other thing too, what can happen, and this is what happened to Pat and I, if you take Lamar here, there are, um, times where at pick 82 here in wide receiver, heavy rooms, Zay and Bateman do not make it back. And so now all of a sudden you are pushed to these really uncomfortable stacking situations. So it was a structural thing and it was reading the room and giving myself an out for Justin Herbert with the Keenan selection. So I am I feel very good about my decision passing on Lamar there. Also, we are firmly in an avalanche here. Deontay Johnson goes at 46. So I think I am going to reach for AUK here. I do not want another share of ATN at this point. And, oh man, I am in danger of getting completely boxed out at receiver here, but I don't want to reach for those guys. I'll take Hawkinson for the elite tight end, but this room is taking some weird turns, and now I kind of wish I just reached for Watson. There you go. I, I Spags, it always comes back. You uh, <laughs> how, how many times have you taken Watson when you've had number one picks? Because anecdotally, I feel like I've seen you do it a couple times with Justin Jefferson teams. I, I've done it. It's probably a 50-50 thing. I think it didn't occur to me right away in the beginning because I was still waiting to see where Watson's ADP would land. 
Um, but now that I feel pretty confident on underdog, I don't see him leaving the forties necessarily, I guess, barring an injury in training camp or training camp reports going really poorly for him, which I just don't think will happen. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where I, I, I kind of wish I did it more. I just don't want to be in a box right away with everybody who got lucky. It's not, doesn't happen that often, but, um, there's enough people who sent me screenshots, Pete, of like taking Watson at 47 here with Jefferson. And I like, it worries me a little bit to lose one of those round picks. Yeah, I, that, that, that's the concern. I think with some of that stuff, I was actually, I had a moment of gal brain, uh, when I was on the clock there with my second pick or before I took Drake London, where I was like, I'd mentioned that I'd been wanting to kind of like boost up my Christian Kirk since I have such a big fade. And I was thinking through that a lot of teams with Keenan, um, probably won't have Kirk just because Keenan's always drafted on this like three, four turn and Kirk's always at the four five, uh, Ooh, man, interesting decision by David there. He does go with the double elite QB, which I do not like, but I do get sniped on Herbert, um, which is fine. Let's see here. Um, I don't, I want to keep grabbing wide receivers here and see which one of these guys, Jones, Dobbins, Madison, Sanders. Um, we're going to keep boosting our JSN exposure here uh, and take him. This is a, this is a, a tough room right now. Yeah, so Alex pointing out the reason too. I got Watson at 49 with Jefferson last night. I know our guy Paul, I was inverted, has mentioned the same things. I I think the guys that are doing a lot of drafts are getting that happening sometimes. I I have not naturally had Watson fall once, but I, I do know it exists, so I'm trying to be mindful of that. Um, but yeah, Spax seems in Fuego. All right, I'll take that from Woodbond. Let me check in on your team, see if I agree with this character. This is the the gift of when you get fucking Justin Jefferson to Tony Pollard, it's hard to mess it up. Your team's just always gonna look so nice. Yeah, Pollard and Henry, I, I like. I don't mind as an anchor duo. Obviously, going to have to manage the running back capital pretty well for myself. But um, yeah, I don't take a lot of Pollard and Henry in a row, and I don't think that lines up very often. So, in terms of drafting against type, a little bit again, um, I think getting Pollard and Henry feels pretty unique for my portfolio. Yeah, I have. I, yeah, I have lots of pairings of like Ramondre Pollard, Ramondre Henry, Pollard Henry. Uh, Jacobs Pollard, all those different combos of guys who've been going in that range. Are are you going to get more zero RB? I guess make your pick here, but are you thinking about getting more zero RB after your portfolio revealed that you are firmly not a zero RB bro anymore? Um, yeah, that's that's definitely something I am going out of my way to do more here. I'm debating here of how avalanche this room is. Um, I think I'm just going to have better. I like J.K. Dobbins. I think I'm just going to have better spots to get more value on him. So I'm going to keep just taking wide receivers. I love, uh, and take Traylon Burks. Also, apparently for Tyler, it is in fact still draft 69 here. Pollard, Henry, Justin Jefferson is like a 58 year old getting new boobs. Hard not to like the result. Even if the premise makes you a bit uneasy, Pete, how do you feel about that as a take? For well, you didn't, you didn't see my stream, uh, yesterday, but I had to create a new rule because Tyler's, comments while very funny have really started to tiptoe up to the line and so what i've decided is i've made tyler's comments uh video only so i pull them up on the screen but i do not read them for the audio <laughs> listeners so i'm i'm video paywalling tyler's comments as you might learn might be a good idea for you here on splash play as well i mean tyler's got the splash play helmet on his, uh, his little name there so he gets his comment pulled up and i'll read it aloud here no shame and uh, Pete, also, I don't know if you saw, I had to institute a new rule. Of course, if you are a Splash Play member here, you click that Join button down below. You can send me your teams if you want me to review them. I'll give you my honest feedback, players I like, players I don't like, things you might have done that I would do differently. 
uh, Mathology right away, Pete, abused that to the gills, where I had 11 teams of his to review, I think 11 to 15, somewhere in that range. So it's now a 10-team per month cap. So I, I've Specs. had to learn from the process. I, I told you that, though. The second yes, the second you announced it, I, I immediately poked holes in your idea, and it was uh, your goodwill was immediately taken advantage of. So uh, I'm glad that you uh, came around on knowing an open-ended amount of team reviews, especially in this era where everyone is drafting hundreds of teams that was such a bad idea yeah you know i had to learn about how to manage my time a little better but i will review up to 10 teams a month so if you want to take advantage of that please do addison goes so i cannot complete a minnesota full fancy boy stack um i am going to reach for guys that i like pickens of course is one of those guys uh, because i'm getting bled out at receiver and sanders 10 picks after adp is that enough to risk now quentin johnson Sorry, Pete, but I, I guess you didn't get Herbert anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, no, I, Quinn Johnson has been, he's interesting in that I have, what do I have of him? Yeah, I'm, I'm double the field. I'm at 16%. I've been like wanting to get more of him and I have just been getting sniped on him left and right. And, and I don't even use the word snipe. Sometimes when I do have charger stuff, but just like, he's a guy I'm always hoping falls and uh, that's not happening. And my thesis has been that Quinn Johnson is going to move up um, and get closer to like the Jordan Addison range. And I think we're already starting to see that happen a little bit. So I'm going to continue to try to pack my Johnston bags as much as possible. Yeah. And even though they play different positions on the field, I do think Johnson is kind of a lever against Keenan Allen coming up so much. Like he's a younger guy. He's a guy that can theoretically break some longer plays that might be, you know, less chunk plays, less uh, PPR kind of points coming in for Keenan Allen. So I think Johnson makes sense on a couple levels, but you know, I, I'm happy to take him whenever I'm very low on receiver because I think he's one of those few guys at this range that actually has the upside to be like a wide receiver one potentially. Yeah. Damian Pierce goes there. He's a guy who, did I get him selected on one of my drafts yesterday? Yeah, I'm at 2.7%. I got him in a zero RB build. Um, been trying to get a little bit more of him um, at these prices. Yeah, so right now through six rounds, I have Anchor Bijan, five wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Drake London, JSN, Traylon Burks. And you have a double anchor RB and the tight end, but you've gotten to one, two, three, what do you have? Four wide receivers. So yeah, you yeah. you might be catching up at wide receiver a little bit more. Um stoked that DeAndre Swift fell here. I'm currently even with the field on Swift, but he's a guy I still like uh, a ton, and I'm going to grab him to pair with Bijan. I'm actually getting my bags packed on Swift more than I would have thought because he falls in almost every room I'm in. Mm. I'm actually at 10% Swift, and that was not a plan of mine. Uh, but I guess I have so much Rashad Penny, it makes sense. But I feel like rooms like Swift less than I would have thought given the historical like enthusiasm for him and the fact that he's on Philly. I kind of thought he was going to come up and I'm surprised that he's available in the eighties. A lot of times. Yeah, man. I, I just, I love both Swift and Penny <laughs> so much. Those are like when I am looking for a running back and they're just within the range of picks, it's just, the problem is, is normally at, you know, I just took him at 82 and that's a lot of times you see the only two wide receivers left on the board that I like are the, are the Ravens ones, right? Like Bateman and flowers. And so it, you're normally like, Oh, let me, let me grab the wide receivers before they fly off the shelves. And then you miss out on some swift, but this one I felt comfortable doing. This is an interesting spot here. Um, I, I do take Zay flowers a lot, but in this build, I'm going to take the discount on Darren Waller here and grab Waller. I needed also 
right now I didn't have a lot of late quarterback stacking options because I got sniped on Herbert. I have Raiders. Um, I have Traylon Burks and, you know, I have DeAndre Swift. So I only have some like thinner stuff late. I got Ritter. I got Geno available, but Waller gives me an out to another backdoor stack at quarterback. So I kind of like the optionality there and uh, Waller seven picks past ADP feels nice. What's your exposure on Waller right now? Not enough. Um, I am at 4% uh, before this pick. Yeah, I, I'm low on Waller too. And I, I was so heavy on him last year because I did like that Niners Raiders game on paper being a week 17 one. Obviously that ended up being okay on the Kittle side, not so great on the other side for the Raiders. Um, but I think with Waller, it's tough because Waller, you basically have to take and then you're kind of locked into taking Giants. Whereas like the appeal to me of taking Daniel Jones that you could build that stack out late. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one I'd, you know, been wanting to mess around with more. And, you know, the, the thing I was saying about the Giants, right, is like the Giants are the perfect team if you want to build. Like Daniel Jones and Darren Waller both have shown historically that they can deliver like high-end onesie production. And the fact that you can get those at pretty affordable costs, it does allow you to take more running back detours um, where if you do Jones and Waller and then you have these essentially free Giants wide receivers, it is just a ton of optionality for builds. I mean, there's four Giants wide receivers in the last like three rounds that you can build out with those stacks. I, I, so I hate this pocket. It was reach for Al Lazard, Sky Moore, or Odell, or take more running backs. So I do take two more running backs, and I guess I'm just done at running back now. <laughs> uh, well, so Spags, I will say what you did here is uh, what I really love to do when I have those double anchors where you're taking some big swings, where it's like, how are these other running backs going to get in your starting lineup? Because you're going to be banking on Pollard and Henry for most of the year. And it's like Javante Williams and Zach Charbonnet, they do have that massive upside. Zach Charbonnet is more contingent if Walker gets hurt and Javante, if he just comes back healthy um, or surges down the stretch. Like I like getting those kind of profiles with, with the anchor running backs. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, I still like some receivers late that I can kind of talk myself into as having upside. Um, so that's why there, and I got a little bit of correlation to obviously Javante correlates with Quentin Johnson, Charbonnet correlates with Pickens. So I'm doing the things I have to do. It just feels bad, but I, like reaching for Lazard would have felt much worse. So I think that was the right choice. Uh, yeah. Reaching for yeah. Lazard would have felt bad. Yeah. AR goes at one Oh two here. So we're at a safe AR range, which is fine. I don't want to see AR going in the one twenties. That's always my suboptimal. Oh, here. Stepfathers, thanking me for not taking Tua for no reason and ruining his day. I'm, I'm glad to give you the discount here. Tua, Tua's weird, man. Tua goes so high sometimes, and sometimes he'll fall to 110 and align perfectly for the Dolphin stacker, and um, got to feel good for Stepfathers. So one thing I'm not going to do here is there's not a single running back that I have to have on the board. Um, you know, by ADP, I could let Daniel Jones go and see if he comes back. But the guy at the turn, Scott Mack, has not taken a quarterback yet. And Kirk Jones is the only cover at quarterback. So I'm just not going to mess around. I'm going to select Daniel Jones here and get him stacked up with Darren Waller and also give me outs to those backdoor stacks. 
A shout out to Ivan, our guy here joining the Splashway channel. I appreciate that a bunch here. $4.99 a month here, and you can get your team reviews. And of course, you can support the channel here in these, these trying times of payroll delays and such, but we appreciate it. As, and I, I like what you're doing with Daniel Jones. I mean, I, I wish you had a Ram who had value. Like, I feel like the Rams Giants stack, Pete, is one that I do not have much for week 17. And I feel like it just doesn't align perfectly with the ADP pockets. Um, The Rams? Yeah, the Rams with the Giants. Yeah, I don't know because I I do think like there are so many Rams pass catchers late, right? Like the Van sure. Jefferson, Tyler Higby, Tutu's always free in the last round. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's I do think you have plenty of options for that, uh, depending on how things break. I man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna have a tough decision here at this pick. Um, I'm basically debating: Do I take Geno Smith and you know I probably could be done at quarterback with Jones and Geno I would have Geno stacked up with JSN or do I take a running back value here P Ryan slid seven picks I do have a little correlation with Keenan Allen there I could take Rashad Penny and continue my handcuffing theme um I do not have a lot of Geno with JSN I think that's how I want to play this um, I think I will like a couple running backs that are available to me at 130 and 135 and um pass on P Ryan there. That was a tough decision for me. I feel like I could have gone either way. So this would be a two QB build for you, right? No way you're gonna attack on a third. I don't want to say never say never because if I hate the board and Desmond Ritter staring there uh at the end to stack up with Drake London, I I might do it, but yes, I'm most scenarios, this is a two QB build. I hope Go AZ Cards is being ironic about buying a Pittman jersey, or excuse me, a I guess a Pittman one. Yeah, I'm not buying a Pittman one. I have the AR one. I'm not. I can't have a house full of Colts jerseys, Pete. I feel like I've spent enough money on Michael Pittman, both with my my play style. So I don't need a, another Colts. Can you imagine if I had just all the Colts <laughs> jerseys here for? I don't. No it, reason. It, I wouldn't be shocked, Spags. I honestly wouldn't have been shocked. No, no, I, I am not. I, I could spend my money on Pittman through my drafts. I do not need to honor him though. But he is a USC guy, so I guess you can make that case. Ooh, let's is see. that is that part of your Pittman love? Is the USC connection? No, because he's weirdly like he and Amonra are kind of blind spots for me with like them porting over to be guys that I'm following like so so adamantly because they weren't the sexiest players at USC. Like they were good, but they weren't you know like fun like a like a Reggie Bush was when I was in college when uh. Even Mike Williams was kind of fun when he was uh, terrible in the NFL, but he was fun in college. So they never really struck that chord for me that I, you know, I felt like I needed to get in. But maybe I should. Maybe that should be my brand. Yeah. What? Uh, who else do you need to start taking? Juju. More yeah, Juju. Well, I do take Juju. Actually, he's the one that I do take. Where really? I didn't yeah. know. I, I didn't strike you. Uh, but it, maybe it goes back to the USC when you are willing to break type for wide receivers. Because even Michael Pittman Spags is like more Deontay Johnsony than he is George Pickensy. You break tight for USC wide receivers. I think that's what we're discovering here. Yeah, I, I suppose maybe I do. Um, I'm going to take Kirk Cousins here. Nice discount for him because I guess the Addison guy didn't want him. So I will take that. And then four, four. So I need a receiver here. God, this is. Not the pocket. I want one, but I will take a man who was part of the $2 million winning team last year, Jacoby Myers. So he's going to do it again this year. I know. Is it that funny how that's now a crutch for us when we take, <laughs> uh, take players where I'm like, yeah, I guess I was on that $2 million team. 
surely it has to help me. It just, I think it just ties more so to that. Like, I don't know how you feel about this, but I hate when people are like, oh, you're donating, you're paying the rate. Cause it's like, we just don't like, I mean, I know that's a kitchen thing, but we just don't know quite literally where wow. could be any of these guys and you escape certain pods. Like, I just, I don't like that conversation being a thing. Uh, I love it. Now every, everyone's going full kitchen these days. You just <laughs> don't know. It's all about the overall configuration though. Like I think it's about giving yourself the structure and the ADP values to give yourself a chance to be there at the end. And from there, it's like, you know, like would you have picked last year? Oh, KJ Osborne, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram are going to push people over the top. Like, I don't think anybody would, but if you were drafting structurally and you know, taking ADP values, you would have gotten there. Right. For sure. Um, all right, Spags, let's recap our teams here through 10 rounds. I have Daniel Jones and Geno Smith at quarterback, Bijan and DeAndre Swift at running back, five wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Drake London, JSN, and Traylon Burks. My tight end, Darren Waller, what are you working with? I have Kirk Cousins, a nice little ADP value here. Running back, Tony Pollard, Derrick Henry, Javante Williams, and Zach Charbonnet, so I will not be taking one for a little bit. At wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, George Pickens, Quinton Johnson, and Jacoby Myers. Quite the fall off to number five there. And a tight end, TJ Hawkinson. So, again, unique teams. The room is forcing us into some perhaps more unique builds than we would like. As you take Jalen Warren, which is not unique I, for us. I, I snap-picked Jalen Warren. Um you know, when you set up a Seattle stack, like there's really only one viable Steelers bring back once Fryermuth comes off the board, right? Like, and it, it, it's Jalen Warren. I mean, unless you want to try to sell me on Allen Robinson, or I know who is it, Calvin Austin is the other guy some people like. But yeah, so the fact that I needed a running back and he was close to ADP and correlated, that was a, an easy run to the podium pick. I love Warren. I know there's been some like, I, and I don't even think it's anybody who really knows anything that much. And I might be missing somebody who's made some great cases for Najee Harris. I don't see the argument against Warren just being like a guy who can't earn more touches. He was being fed the ball the same rate as Najee was. And that's on a lot of third downs he was playing last year. Like Warren's one of those guys, Pete, that I feel like the casual markets will kind of drive down a little bit. And I don't think they should, because he should just be in a straight timeshare with Najee this year. Yeah. I mean, I think you could... You could argue it's a little rich, but again, say maybe compared to Jerome Ford, who has no chance of like beating out Nick Chubb for early down carries. It's definitely within the range of outcomes that Jalen Warren could do that for Najee. All right. I'm on the clock here. Um, I think I'll just get back on my bullshit uh, with Kendra Miller. I took Jamal Williams last draft and just didn't feel great. I need to get back to hammering my guys. Um, and so Kendra and Jalen Warren are the picks at the 11-12 turn. My two highest exposed running backs right now across everything. My so I'm now, geez, I'm a spags running back piggy, not only a piggy, but a spags piggy. Ugh. I think these are the best zero RB running backs to go with. So I support them. But yeah, we in this range, Pete, I think you and I are not gonna be that different because you're heavy Kendra, you're heavy Jalen Warren. Um you're you're heavy A chain too, right? Uh yeah, although not quite as much. I am at uh, yeah, I'm I'm only 10% A-chain, so not as much. Oh, I, I am at 25% A-chain overall, but that's everything. I got, um in the Bulldog draft I did, I got A-chain at like 120. Um, He definitely will fall in, in some mm -hmm. spots there too. He He's an interesting one. He does feel, you know, I've said this about all those three backfields, the Saints, the, uh, the Dolphins, and the Bears. Like, we're going to see some pretty big movement from at least one back in each of those offenses. Like the second 
the Camara suspension is announced and obviously it should have been baked into it. Like you are going to see Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller rise. Um, in the same way, like Madison shot up after Dalvin cook was released, even though everyone knew Dalvin cook was a goner, the like market still hadn't fully baked it in. Um, and same with like these dolphins backfields. I do think like based on training camp reports, Oh, Mostert is looking like the guy or a chain just isn't quite ready yet or whatever version of it is, or a chain's ripping off 70 yard runs. Like you're going to see these guys move multiple rounds based on, on reports, because the whole thing is the market is shrugging their shoulders being like, Hey, we like the bears running game. We like the dolphins running game. We like the Saints running game. We just don't know which one to take. And the second anyone gets permission, a little bit of clarity, the market is going to react very quickly. Yeah, I'm with you on, on that. And I've, I've dug my heels in on the rookie side of that and not as much as Nick, 55% Kendra. It's a lot of Kendra. I, I get the logic, but I don't know. I, I don't know if you have a hard cap for yourself, Pete, but I definitely have been like 33% max and ideally 25% caps for everything. Well, I, I talked about this too on my portfolio review. Like one in general, I kind of like to balance out exposures a little bit, but two, like a third of my drafts have been drafted with someone else. So like, I'm always, maybe those are spots where it's like peak clicks, Kendra again, you know, those 26 or 27 drafts I've done with other people. Um, so I think I'm just natural. It's going to be super, super hard for me to get over 25% on any one player, just the way I'm doing things this year. Yeah, no, I think that's a reasonable way to look at it. And I would say for me last year, you know, again, having a full portfolio, maxing out a bunch of different tournaments and getting in, you know, a thousand entries or so last season, I felt like the biggest mistake I made was going so heavy on some guys. And like, I think going heavy on zero RB guys, you can make the case as being the safest pick. Um, but I would say like the big lesson I think a lot of people learn when maxing stuff out is like just being mindful of your exposure is probably the best thing you can do overall. Yeah. Um, I did, I was considering, so if Kendra had gone in the last round, I was going to take tank Bigsby and then tank falls all the way to pick 154. tanks. Another guy I have a ton of, I'm double the field on tank right now. Um, he feels good as a fifth running back. It also like one of the nice things about the giant stuff. And we were just talking about it, right? Because there's so many giants wide receivers available late. I feel like I really have permission to load up on running backs here. I didn't have to do the Rashi Rice, Jonathan Mingo picks that I'm sometimes forced into because it's just like I have all of these guys in my back pocket to round out my wide receiver room. So I am just kind of prioritizing other positions right now, knowing I can come back to those guys. Yeah, I, and honestly, your guys, you are literally playing my my entire running back portfolio right now. Warren, Kendra, Bigsby, uh, Roshan is in there too. I have 24% Roshan. Um, and then we'll see, would you maybe some single cherry, some chase Brown for you? If you want to complete the, the whole, the whole band for yourself. Yeah, I might, I might end up doing just one more running back here and then being done. Um, I'm also debating another tight end. I might end up with a three tight end build perhaps. Um, maybe I, maybe I do the, the Taysom Hill thing here. I have a bet on the saints with my Kendra stuff. Um, I've been boosting up my Taysom feels like a fun pick here. Let's do Taysom. What's your Taysom exposure? Uh, just over the field. 10%. Okay. I, I've been low on Taysom and taking them sometimes cause he's been falling in some rooms I'm in, but I, I just, I just don't like the pick conception. Like, I, I don't know. It just never feels comfortable to me. I think that's the issue I have with Taysom. Yeah. The other thing Spags is like, I, 
I've struggled with him. I was light on him early on in draft season. I've come around a bit. And the other thing is there continues to be some uh, some positive buzz about Taysom Hill. So here was a quote from Derek Carr. This is from um, New Orleans.football. That's the Nick Underhill site. So he was writing about, this was from Derek Carr. You get the ball to him and he's faster than my truck. He runs through and he runs over a couple of guys and he gets first down. You watch it on tape and it happens over and over again. Hill also mentioned that he might add a new meeting room to his class schedule at times this year, working with running backs coach Joel Thomas. So I'm sorry, a lot of, a lot of Taysom Hill hype starting to get to me here, Spags. I the thing that just stands out the most to me is like this is now not the Winston situation where you want to give yes. Taysom Hill snaps and like you're not eating away at a contract. They're paying Carr so much money that I think that still is the thing that rings true to me. And I know you kind of you sometimes I think you're in and out on the contract stuff, but if you're paying a QB, you know, 35 mil a year. I don't think you want to give away that many snaps unless it's just like that QB can't do it. And if they can't do it, then like then that whole contract is a bust. Well, to me, that was my initial pushback to Spags, but I am I'm coming into this with open eyes. Like I'm not selecting Taysom Hill hoping for QB snaps. Mm -hmm. I'm I am hoping for the fact that they just use him as the Swiss Army knife as part of their, you know, just weaponry around the goal line. And he also has shown the ability to rip off big plays. And um, I do think he still has kind of that asymmetric upside to have a 20 point game at the tight end position. So I, I've definitely come around on on Taysom Hill. Oh, here you go. And Carr and Taysom both really religious. And Taysom, college teammates with Jamal Williams. So if that doesn't sell you, I don't know what would. You know, I, I am fully sold now. <laughs> Shout out Mr. Mr. Joining here. Appreciate everybody who joins the channel. Of course, subscribe down below as well for free if you want to just get all the content we have here on the Splash Play channel. 2461 build for me. So I have dug out of some of my early running back issues. Um, Laporta is not a bad discount here. I am going to deviate and take Laporta just because I, I think he's a good tight end play at this point. And I guess Tim Patrick is at 176 now. Yeah. Huh? I guess I'll take Tim Patrick. When, when, when did that happen? Because I noticed that because I was like, I have a decent amount of Tim Patrick, but did I, I'm I'm genuinely confused, Spags, because he was a late round pick with like all those guys, right? Like Terrace Marshall, like all those guys who were just stuck like 18th, 19th round or whatever. How what moved him up? I don't know. I I was it in the week I was gone because that's how I feel like because he was going 200 from what I last recall, and now it's that high. I, I don't I don't know what happened. I'm so confused. It's weird too because we're you're you're doing enough drafts like and like clockwork where. You would think you would notice, but no, I guess. Are there people like reaching for Tim Patrick? Or are they taking him in the 100s sometimes? Okay. Nick Nick says a report came out of another Broncos player saying that Tim Patrick is the best guy in the room. Okay. So that so this is like the Paris Campbell thing too, right? Where it's just like we are so starved for info that a teammate hyping another teammate, which is a genre of like Roto World posts that you will see a ton this offseason teammate hyping up teammate um probably the least actionable of all yeah like if anything what should have been like what should have propped Tim Patrick up earlier was when there were the reports about how oh this is why the Broncos fell apart last year they didn't have Tim Patrick out there doing what he did he's the best receiver all that stuff I would buy into that being a report that some I know some of the Broncos beat guys had uh like over just yeah Tim Patrick boy he's great like I don't 
<laughs> it doesn't do enough for me at this point of things. Uh, no, it does not. Oh, here it goes. Let's... Sean Payton likes Tim Patrick. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Let's see here. Um, I was going to take Isaiah Hodgins. I don't have a ton of him. I think I'm just, I only have what, four more picks. Um, I think we just need to start taking, uh, giants wide receivers, throw ADP out the window a little bit. Uh, come on down Jalen Hyatt. I don't think Hyatt should still be higher than Slayton. Oh, I do. Really? Yeah. I like Slayton, but, um, I think these prices for Jalen Hyatt are perfectly fine. And we, we know what Darius Slayton is. I think he's, you know, Darius Slayton is like cheaper DPJ in the giants offense. But if you're going to have like an asymmetric bet where a guy could just massively outperform their draft slot, um, it's definitely going to be a guy like Hyatt. I guess I just saw enough signs of life from Slayton as, and again, as the only guy you could really play outside, like I guess Hodgins can play outside, but it's not like a perfectly natural fit. And Slayton was good last year at various points. You know, certainly fantasy wise, I'm sure you'd want to see a little bit more. Um, I guess I would just take Slayton over Campbell and Hyatt personally. And I don't like that Campbell's now the number one in the pecking order besides Waller. My, my pref, I like uh, Hyatt and, Wandale the most. Um, and that's what I'm gonna do here. Uh, but I'm not I'm I'm open to all of them. Like I want to get a little bit more Hodgins, but because he goes first, I normally don't end up with him. And then Slayton remains uh free. I guess you could say that maybe Slayton and Jalen Hyatt have a little bit more competition for like they're both gonna be utilized similarly, right? Like on the outside as a deep threat wide receiver. So maybe I don't love those two paired together quite as much. Um, but I, I, I think you should be taking stabs on all of those, those giants wide receivers when you have, you know, Rams or Daniel Jones built even Paris Campbell. No, no, okay. no. Come on. Let's be reasonable. <laughs> well, cause I know you did push back at him. So yeah, I, I think Paris Campbell's steam is going to be a little too much, but it, mostly because there weren't the news items out there for anything else of note really going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, so shout out to the chat, by the way, shout out to all you guys hanging out here. Of course, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, leave a comment down below. If you do leave a comment down below, you'll be answered a share of Pete's $1,500 is given away. Of course, $500 to three different people. So do that down below. And of course, make sure to go check out the stream on Pete's channel as well and leave a comment on there. And, uh, do you have any idea what your rate you you should hit your 15,000 by end of month, beginning of next month? It's hard to tell because things are picking up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um I think if if we stay on the exact pace we're on now, I think it would be around um mid-August, but if things pick up, uh I think it could be maybe a week or two sooner. Yeah, so exciting times here on the YouTube. And of course, Splash Play marching to 3,000 subs. So help us out with that as well. Um, all right, 2472. I've gotten my Broncos. I've got Minnesota. Don't have much in the way of Green Bay yet, but there's nothing here. I actually am going to reach for Luke Musgrave just because I do want to get him as my bring back for Minnesota. And then San Francisco, Washington. This is an ugly pocket again. Um, 
I'm going to take a fifth running back and take Chase Brown here. No particular reason. I just feel like four running backs to me, Pete, feels a little too thin, even though obviously I did spend a little more early capital than I usually do. Uh, yeah, you didn't you say Chase Brown's got to be getting up there for you. He is one of my top guys. He is at a uh, 20% overall in BBM for me and a little bit higher across everything. The, uh, I would say by your standards, this is definitely maybe uh, a weaker uh, wide receiver room for you. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I think getting bled out early and then just, you know, nobody after 100 really jumps out as being meaningfully uh, interesting to me. But I feel okay that I'll get an okay round 18 guy. But yes, I do love really hammering wide receiver early and then kind of letting the chips fall where they may. And that is not the case in this room. Yeah, this this draft ended up being um, kind of like how I want to be attacking weekly winners in that I think the uniqueness element in weekly winners is going to be really important. So like getting guys that aren't uh, that you're reaching for um, in the later rounds where I basically just like threw out ADP in 15, 16, 17, because I basically have mapped my draft out ever since um, my Daniel Jones selection. And I was going to be open to quadruple stacking Daniel Jones with Hyatt Wandell and Slayton. Um, but Slayton did end up going, so I don't get him. But I did want to get one Rams wide receiver coming back. I do like Tutu Atwell. Um, I know there's the Puka hype. He went in, what, the 14th round of our last draft. But mm-hmm. I still prefer uh, Tutu and I do think, like, if you're going to get the big play, the better in best ball, the guy who speeds up the game, um, I do think that's going to be uh, 2-2 in this offense. So I'll get him as my Rams bring back to this big giant stack. I, I like Puka more than 2-2. I could see your logic. I, it just feels like Puka is going to get, like, there's going to be three receivers out there. It's probably going to be Van Jefferson, Cup, and Puka. I would think and 2-2 probably gets downgraded to... I guess how he perceived KJ Hamler last year, which I'm sure is like music to your ears. But I think Tutu just becomes like a pure gadget downfield guy. If like if Puka's already getting first team reps, like it does, and they're hyping him up, it feels like he's going to be out there a lot. I'm going to let the I do this sometimes on Best Ball Breakfast. I'm going to let the chat decide on my final round pick. I'm going to give you guys a couple of options here. The first would be a double stacking Gino with Noah Fant as my third tight end. My guess is the chat isn't going to like this one. I always feel like I'm a little higher on Noah Fant, but this would be the double stack. Or would you like me to do Terrace Marshall as my ninth wide receiver correlated with Tank Bigsby? Let's see if anyone can get in time here. Terrace Marshall or Noah Fant, do you have a vote, Spags? I would go Fant, I think, because you already have a little bit of a Pittsburgh bet too. So I think getting another part... The stack up with Gino would look pretty good, um, especially because you have Taysom and he's not a guaranteed point every week. I'm putting Fant ahead right now. Fant, I got two Fants, three Fant. Okay, Fant, resounding Fant win there. I actually, for some reason, thought you guys wouldn't like Noah Fant here, but I do like getting that double stack with Gino. I feel like Waller Hill and Noah Fant is a fun uh, room here. So I do finish out with the Daniel Jones triple stack, 2-2 bring back, and the Gino double stack, Jalen Warren bring back. Yeah, I like Noah Fant too more than I think, you know, it's like an 18th round pick or, you know, third tight end for the most part kind of guy. Um, it gets a little worrisome, I guess, how they didn't want to use him last year, but that did go up down the stretch of last season. So I don't know. I, I'm in on Fant. And I think for your build, especially where you have Waller, you have Taysom who can give you 20, can give you zero. I think you want one more tight end there to get to a three tight end build. Yeah, I think, um, you know, 
the thing I was thinking about with Fant, like in uh, our guy, Tyler mentioning Fant has been declining in yards per route run and usage every year. He's definitely underwhelmed relative to like his prospect profile coming out of Iowa state and how much hype there was with him. Two things on him. Like, again, you're going in with open eyes with this. The thesis for Fant, right, is that there's one week in the playoffs where he has like a one or two touchdown game as this really unique piece in an offense that's good. And the second thing is he has pretty nice contingent upside, right? Like if one of Lockett or Metcalf or JSN, obviously on this team I have JSN, so I don't want that to happen. But if a guy like Metcalf were to get hurt, I think you'd see Noah Fant's role expand in a pretty big way. So a little contingent upside a little playoff uniqueness. And again, similar to what I was just saying on that last draft where I kind of regretted taking Everett over Laporta, I do really want to lean into correlation with these late round picks. And I am taking uh, Justin Ross to cap off my team here for that micro correlation with Chase Brown. So I'll read my team first. I got a QB, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, running back, Tony Pollard, Derrick Henry, Javante Williams, Zach Charbonnet, and Chase Brown late. A receiver, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, George Pickens, Quentin Johnson, Jacoby Myers, KJ Osborne, Tim Patrick, and then Justin Ross, who's not appearing on the screen. And then Hawkinson, Laporta, and Musgrave, a tight end. Weird team for me, again, because of the not going early at receiver, but I feel like I dug out enough to feel okay about this team. Yeah, I think um, Kirk and Russ is definitely like, on the fringe for me, if I would maybe go a third quarterback. Did you look mm. at uh, Kenny Pickett at all? I did not because um, I only got the one part with Pickens, and I do feel like I want to get one of Warren or uh, maybe Freermuth with Pickens to go there. But I feel like Cousins and Russ is like enough at QB. Um, I don't know. Like I, to me, like that's the, the probably the demarcation line where I wouldn't go to a three QB build. I think it's really close. Like in the last draft, I was in the same spot. I think like golf love is kind of comparable. I, I, I guess you could say cousins and um, Russ just based on the draft capital is, is slightly more. So yeah, it's, it's fringe there. Um, but because you also had the Zach Charbonnet week 17, I, I was wondering if that would push uh, you towards building out an, a third little game stack there. Yeah, no, it's definitely it would have made some sense. All right. And your team here, if you want to give it a read. Yeah, so Daniel Jones and Geno at quarterback. Uh, five running backs here. Bijan, DeAndre Swift, Jalen Warren, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby, uh, 60% rookies there. Wide receiver, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Drake London, JSN, Traylon Burks, and then Jalen Hyatt, Juan Dale, Robinson, Tutu Atwell. And then tight ends here, Darren Waller, Taysom Hill, and Noah Fant. I like your top five receivers. I obviously thinned out a little bit after that, but... Um... But yeah, I think that's yeah, that's a solid team here relative to a wide receiver avalanche room. Yeah, I've been wanting to do more of these like backdoor. I do not have a lot of Jones, and I should go to the Fantasy Life Hub and just confirm how much Daniel Jones and um, Darren Waller I have. But I've been wanting to get more of that because it does feel like I love the upside that both Daniel Jones and Waller give you at the onesies, and then just how easy it is to complete a double or triple stack late. Um, it does feel like a really nice build and you could get burned by like training camp stuff because there is uncertainty there, but I'd argue the prices on Hodgins, Slayton, Robinson and Hyatt are all so cheap that you can miss on one of them. If you're kind of spraying and praying on two to three of them late, it's almost like the dolphins backfield where the cost is so cheap that I think you can try to attack it in multiple directions. And also, I think people summing up to put a cap on my the Cousins uh, Wilson debate. If you're heavy on JJ and Hawkinson, it is a big bet. I think that sums up why I feel a little more comfortable about 
um, you know, Cousins being able to get into a lineup a little bit more so, but your mileage may vary. I think Pete's right that that could be a three QB build, could be a two QB build, just depends on how you're going to break that all down. Uh, Pete, give the plugs here one more time. Of course, you are going to be doing a bunch of streams coming up here and people should be leaving comments on all your BBM videos, of course, as well. Yes. Um, obviously any draft I do best ball mania draft is eligible for the, uh, comment giveaway that includes these on the splash play channel over on my YouTube channel. I have a playlist. So anytime I do a draft, um, I'll go and throw these into the playlist. So it's very easy for you to go back through. Um, people continue to go and start from the beginning. I will say this, a couple of rules. Do not post the same exact theme every time. Don't write comment. Don't write first. Don't whatever. Like you have to show a modicum of effort. Otherwise I will delete, uh, your comment. So as long as you can just show a smidge of effort, you will be entered into the giveaway and all of these draft streams are eligible. And like Spag said, if we could, uh, really accelerate this sub stuff, we could be doing the giveaway as soon as early August. Yeah. I, I have you, uh, gravitated towards any commenters? Cause there's a couple that I've seen coming in late where I'm like, there's a guy port who I've enjoyed his yeah. comments doing port facts. Very funny. I've, I've enjoyed those. Yeah, Port, I, I do appreciate all the themes. Our guy, Mathology, has been doing uh, horoscopes mm -hmm. uh, for the teams. I always enjoy those. Um, you mentioned the guy, and I'm blanking on it, had went and broke down all of my draft slots. So, you know, uh, you don't have to have an overarching thematic element to your comments, but I certainly appreciate it. It's still a random draw at the end of the day, but it is nice to see someone. So we appreciate the people having fun in the comments on here. Follow Pete at Peter Everett. Follow me at Chris Spags. Of course, follow this show at Splash Play Pod to know whenever we go live. And again, guys, please make sure subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, leave a comment down below. We appreciate that very much on here and use the promo code Splash Underdog too if you are trying to deposit for the first time on there. Um, any final words here, Pete, as we hit the outro? No, I did just look. This is my third Daniel Jones, Darren Waller team. So I've been uh, doing it a little bit here. And I, I should also recommend the uh, the Fantasy Life Best Ball Hub. Um, mm -hmm. You can go and upload your CSV. You can search by tournaments. And you can also easily pull up uh, and review your specific teams. So free best ball tool for you sickos. Highly recommend uploading your CSV and kind of poking around and looking at your various combos. You're very easy, very cleanly laid out as well. Definitely a nice free tool out there if you don't want to splurge and some of the other ones that are floating around. Of course, Pete will be back here on his channel in a little bit. I'll be back on Friday for Spag Stacks, spinning the wheel, drafting teams at random. So come join me then. Appreciate all you hanging out with us. We'll see you guys again soon. Bye.